Hey there, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Entrepreneur Circle podcast. I'm your host, Eric Cabral. I want to thank each and every one of you for liking and subscribing and sharing this show on social media. We have so much love and so much support with hundreds of listeners at this point, and um, I really, truly, truly appreciate each and every one of you. Um, if you're listening on the Anchor platform, you get these episodes a little bit early, and also you get some cool features as far as leaving voice messages for us and being uh, incorporated into the show. Also, you can applaud and do a lot of other cool interactive things within the app. So... Uh, in this episode, episode nine, I have Rick Stein of Berkshire Hathaway Fox and Roach and also his real estate investment company called RLS Home Solutions. And um, it, this guy has been really instrumental in my life as far as real estate investing. When I first got into it, um, I had some hesitation, a little trepidation, and having him in my corner was was key. Uh, to to moving forward and buying multifamily and um, he really really walked me through step by step on how I could do that and how I can market to motivated sellers in the real estate space and um, I, yeah I knew nothing about this stuff and he and I would meet on a weekly basis and talk on a daily basis via email and text and yeah, it was really cool to just have him in my corner during those early stages, and um, I'm eternally grateful to him for it. So in, in this episode, I recorded it back in the day. It was one of the first episodes I recorded, and unfortunately, it only got to air now, and I apologize to Rick and to his mentor, Greg, for uh, <laughs> missing out on an opportunity for our listeners to jump in um, when Greg was in town. Uh, Greg Pinio and um, I think he, so it, it they mentioned it in the show and um, you'll see it was it was late June and I apologize to them for airing this much much later where uh, people couldn't take advantage of that but um, Rick has some really cool stories wonderful stories you know about his time when in his early days of, of investing and um, how he would secure financing and some of his landlord um, challenges and his tenant stories are great. Yeah, he has so many of them and I asked him to share a couple of them and he was funny because he was like, I don't want you to give people the impression that all my tenants <laughs> are deadbeats. And, you know, these are just, you know, some of the stories, you know, after, you know, decades of, of, you know, being a landlord, I'm, you're you're bound to have, but yeah, it it was really funny, and and we get to shoot it around a little bit. Um, he also talks about you know the flexibility of investing and how you don't necessarily need to have money. Um, all you need to do is have access to money, which is key to being an investor because eventually, even if you're using your own capital, and I'm in this situation, you will run out of capital your own you can you, you're tap you'll tap out eventually and you're going to have to get creative and figure out other ways of securing capital to keep investing and buying more and more properties so he he talks a little bit about that um, he also talks about you know finding the right deals and making sure that the numbers work and if the numbers work and it's a great deal the money will come people 
will come and support and try to partner with you if you can find something you know off the market meaning not on the mls where everybody has access you know um, he taught me strategies and ways to to get those type of deals so um yeah rick stein wonderful man great person all around really really intelligent um creative financing and being able to slice and dice ways to invest um, with other people's money is truly an amazing feat that he 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 is able to do over and over and over again so with all of that said i want to give you the show have you be a part of the conversation. But before I do that, I wanted to be mention uh, we are now proud partners with the Princeton Soup and Sandwich Company out in Princeton, New Jersey. And if you mention the show when you call or go on the website or you're in person, mention the Entrepreneur Circle podcast or mention me to them and you will get 10% off of catering. So they have amazing options for you um, on their catering menu. So just go to PrincetonSoupAndSandwich.com, check out their catering menu. They offer breakfast, they offer lunch, they offer all these great things, and their soup is amazing. Make sure you have the lobster bisque off the charts. And yeah, folks, Princeton Soup and Sandwich, new partners, new affiliates with the Entrepreneur Circle podcast. And if you mention us, 10% off of catering so do that and now mr rick stein mr creative finance himself and i'll talk to you after the show thanks you have now entered the entrepreneur circle Welcome, folks, to the Entrepreneur's Circle podcast. I am Eric Cabral. I'm your host, and I'm bringing to you one of my coaches and mentors uh, for years now, Mr. Rick Stein, and um, he has done many, many amazing things in real estate. And what I wanted to do is bring him to you and offer his story and offer basically what he's done and hopefully inspire you and bring some value to you and your business. So welcome, Rick. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah, it's it. absolute pleasure to to see you again. And mm-hmm. you know, as always, Rick, <laughs> Rick and I worked together. He was one of the very first people that I contacted when I first got into real estate, and um, he was my inspiration. He was my coach. He was the guy that basically told me it was real. And um, and and here are the steps and how to do it. So you were that for me, right? Who was that for you, or what got you into real estate? Way back in the day, when I was still a young man and had brown hair, <laughs> back in the 80s, uh, I was a school teacher. I had an entrepreneurial spirit, and I got tired of, as a teacher, being on a salary guide, uh, where my salary was dependent upon how many years I had taught. So I could be a really great teacher, but I wasn't being paid as much as someone who I taught longer, even though I could be a better teacher. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was fair. 
I want to be based, paid based on my efforts. If I worked hard, put the effort in, I want to be based, uh, paid for it. And uh, so I, one day I was uh, listening to a investment, it wasn't real estate investment, it was just an investment uh, radio program out of New York. I forget the speaker. And I called up and I said, gee, I want to get involved with real estate investment. What do I do? He said, go get your real estate license. So I did. Mm -hmm. And I started selling real estate part-time, still being a school teacher. Wow. And I started making more money selling real estate part-time, evenings and weekends, and I did as a school teacher. <laughs> and I liked it more. So <laughs> after about a year and a half, uh, with great concern, because I had two young children at home and, you know, and no benefits if I left teaching, uh, I left teaching. Right. And uh, I, for the last 32 years, I've been a real estate broker. I manage an office for Berkshire Hathaway, a real estate agent. I do a lot of foreclosure work and a real estate investor. And I've never looked back. Yes. For RLS Home for, Solutions. Well, that's my LLC, RLS Home Solutions. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So give us a, a slice of that time frame. So, what, so around what year or decade was that? And also okay. what, what company did you just jump in? You know, Okay. I, um, this was around 1985. Mm -hmm. And... Um, my wife and I owned a home and uh, can I mention the name of the company? Yeah. Wydell Realtors uh, was the agent. Are they still around? Yeah. Okay. Wydell Realtors, the agent, oh, yeah, sold me our first home. Mm -hmm. And their office was walking distance from the teacher, the school I taught at. So it was very convenient for me at the school just to go up there. Yeah. And um, we, uh, no one knew we were there. It was a very small office above a liquor store. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had maybe 12 agents, but uh, we made some money and uh, I just couldn't wait for school to be over to get to the real estate office. So I really loved it. And as I said, 32 years later, I still enjoy what I do. So the, the one who told you, you know, if you want to be an investor in real estate, uh, get your license. Did yeah. you stay in contact? No. Was there any? It was just that one phone call. He was a radio host and mm -hmm. it was just that one phone call. And I really didn't start investing until years. I mean, I did a little bit on and off, mm -hmm. but I really didn't start really seriously investing till maybe about eight or nine years ago mm -hmm. because I realized I wasn't getting any younger. Mm -hmm. And although I would have good years and bad years, uh, there's no pension as a real estate agent or a broker. So um, I realized that if I ever wanted to retire, and although I enjoy being a manager, I'm not going to do it when I'm still, uh, when I have depends on, uh, that I'm going to have to do something else. So yeah. I started doing some real estate seriously and getting coaching and getting education, right. which is the most important thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you first started and, you know, that, that spark, you know, was lit, um, what was that very first deal? Do you remember? Can you sort of take Well, a yeah, I remember my very first deal uh, way back when, 30 years ago. <laughs> and it was very interesting. Like it was a very interesting deal because um, uh, I had a friend who lived down in the Cherry Hill area, Mount Laurel, Cherry Hill. Mm -hmm. And he and I bought a property together, a condo. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I was inexperienced, and he was collecting the rent since he was down there, and um, I wasn't mining the shop because mm -hmm. I didn't know how to mine the shop. Mm -hmm. And then one day, uh, there's a knock at my door, mm -hmm. and it was the sheriff. Yeah. 
And he says, by the way, you should know that your property down in Mount Laurel, I don't remember the address right now, is in foreclosure. Oh, wow. And I said, well, thank you very much for coming by, officer. Mm -hmm. And then I called up my partner, whose name was Phil. Mm -hmm. Hey, Phil, guess who just came to my door? (laughs) What's going on there, Phil? So what happened was the, the tenant was bouncing checks. Phil had his own problems. He was out of work. Mm -hmm. Um, He was, I believe, using some of the rent money to pay his own bills. And Mm -hmm. it was a mess. So uh, I took over the doing the books and I called the mortgage company and we went into what's called a forbearance where I paid the mortgage payment Mm -hmm. plus a little bit to catch up. And we eventually did catch up. Uh, That tenant left, Mm -hmm. thank God. We got another good tenant, and eventually we sold the property. But one of my great tenant stories, if I may. So this tenant wasn't paying the rent, Mm -hmm. you know, and... um, Rick has amazing stories, by the way. Well, if you do this 32 years, you're going to have amazing (laughs) stories. They're very entertaining. So one day, I'm down in in Mount Laurel, the Phil's house, and we're doing the books, and, you know, we're getting back on our feet. And uh, the tenant, whose name is Michael, Mm -hmm. shows up. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael shows up and he and had he's a, gone at this point. Oh, no, he was still our tenant. Nice. He's okay. still our tenant. Um, and um, he had a limo service, drove people around. Mm-hmm. So he drove up in his limo and he walked into the house to pay the rent. Um, and he was wearing a, a Rolex watch. Oh, wow. Uh, he was wearing an Armani suit. Uh, had every hair in place and his fingers were <laughs> manicured. <laughs> so I said to him, um, and he made it a point, by the way, to show off his Rolex oh, watch. Geez. So I made, I said to him, Michael, I'm just curious about something. You know? yeah. um, I said, apparently you're doing well. Yeah, yeah, we're doing, we're doing really great. We're, we're doing, you wouldn't believe it how well we're doing. Well, then if you're doing that well, how come you can pay the rent on time? Yeah. And he looked at me quite seriously and he said, well, Rick, it's not in the budget. <laughs> it's not a priority. Yeah, it's not a I priority. <laughs> so eventually, Michael moved out because uh-huh. he said he was going to Las Vegas and he was hooking up with Russell Cunningham, a former uh, quarterback of yeah. the uh, Eagles. Mm-hmm. And they were doing this great business together. Well, six months later, he calls me. Mm-hmm. And by now, we have gotten a new tenant. Yeah. And um, he calls me up and uh, he says, I said, what happened to Vegas, Michael? Well, it didn't quite work out. Do you still have the apartment? I'd like to rent it from you again. So I said to him, Michael, I would rather burn it to the ground than rent it to you again. And he couldn't understand. He took exception. He couldn't understand why I would say that. But needless to say, I've never heard from him again. And I never really cared to hear from Uh, him again. So that was my first rental story. Yeah. Yeah, we've had, I've had a few since Oh, then. yeah, please. I, I, you got to share another one. I mean, there's so many good ones. Um, um, there, there's some that may offend people out there um, that comes to mind. But what's some of the other ones that were so interesting? You've got the one that was recently where uh, the, the tenant, you know, you, you, you picked up a three unit and the guy upstairs was on assistance, right? Section yes, eight, right. right? Yeah, I, can you tell the, the – like, I feel like some of these folks – if using their intelligence for, for, for something, a greater purpose, they could really elevate themselves, right? <laughs> but they use it for evil, right? It's like Lex Luthor, you, well, know, could, you know, the cure for okay. cancer could be had. But this guy was using, right, his skill set to, to, to game the system. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about. No, of course I do. <laughs> well, yes, I, within the last year or so, about a year ago, 
Uh, oh, wait, wait. This is the property, though. Can you talk about how you first acquired it? Okay, fine. Yeah, because that's a good interesting. Story. And then we can move into his story a little bit. Okay. I bought a three-family on a, on Center Street in Trenton. This is New Jersey. Uh, New yeah. Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I like the area. It's re-gentrifying. It's across the street from the arena. It's by the ballpark. It's a uh, walk to Trenton Social, which is a great Right. Yeah, it's a half a mile. Bar. Right, yep. right. So... Um, how did I acquire the property? Well, I was in Trenton. Uh, there were a few tenants who actually pay me cash, mm -hmm. and I collect the rent because they don't have bank accounts. And All right. Yeah. So I was going to collect the rent from this particular tenant who I have since evicted. And um, by the way, I don't want you to give the impression that all of my tenants are bums. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Most of them are good people, but occasionally, you know. Occasionally. I mean, even the 1-2% the of all of your tenants yeah. over time, yeah, you're going to have these stories. So. Okay, so I was going, I think, so I parked down the street to collect the rent, and I see, as I get out of my car, that there's a for rent sign in another building, and there's a phone number. So I said I would call them. Perhaps they would like to sell it as opposed to renting it. Well, as it turned out, it was a property management company. Mm -hmm. And as it turned out, the lady at the property management company said that this particular owner does not want to sell, but I do have an owner who has a three-family on Center Street, and he definitely wants to sell. Mm -hmm. And so let's go into why he wanted to sell, because he was a bond trader in New York and bought this property, um, paid three times what he should have paid for it. Mm -hmm. um, number of years ago and now had the tenants from hell mm -hmm. and he wanted he just wanted out and he was managing it himself he didn't know he had the property manager oh, the property oh yeah, yeah that yeah, was that's the right. property manager that yeah, uh, but what's happening was the tenant upstairs who we'll call bob that's not his name mm -hmm. okay uh bob was playing the system because he kept calling the owner and saying who was on but you see he's on assistance and he kept calling the owner and saying, you know, I'm out of work and my, 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 my brother died and there's no money for a, a, a funeral. Can you send me 300 bucks? And the owner, nice guy, would send wow. him 300 bucks. Oh, wow. And uh, this broke, but I can fix it for 100 bucks. Well, maybe you broke, maybe you didn't. Mm -hmm. You know, and he would, just to get him off his case. And then the downstairs tenant was also, who happened to be the sister of the upstairs tenant, mm -hmm was also giving him grief. So this building was nothing but... So there, so there's something interesting going on there. The tenants had access to the owner of the building yes. and not dealing directly with the property manager. Right, because right. the property manager could only do certain things, right? right. The property manager couldn't give him money for his brother's funeral. Or... No. <laughs> no, but I mean, they shouldn't even have access to you know the, the, the landlord or the owner of the building necessarily like he should be he's paying someone to manage that property. well in th yeah right that's right you, they should go directly now in fact on my built properties i do not have a property manager per se that i pay a monthly fee to but i have a general contractor uh, adam you know who he is yep. and the my tenants have instructions if there is a maintenance issue do not call rick right call adam absolutely so, so, yeah, I just wanted to sort of pause there for a second during your story because people who are out there who aren't real estate investors and want to get into, you know, this space, you, you, you tend to want, especially as your portfolio grows, have someone manage yeah. your, your properties because, you know, as an investor, you're working at a higher level, you're managing a lot more than just each individual mm -hmm. tenant. 
So, you know, it, it helps, you know, and as entrepreneurs and business owners, it helps to systematize and put processes in place and mm -hmm. get people and teams mm -hmm. together so that they can help you accomplish a lot more. So in, in this instance that Rick is talking about, you know, I'm just trying to highlight that there are many, many reasons why this guy had some difficulty, right? And number one is having direct access. Like you said, you try to remove yourself from that relationship and I've had those issues too, where it's direct mm -hmm. contact to me because I'm managing my property. But um, yeah, anyway, continue. Well, anyway, so what happened was I bought the building. Yes. And the financing on it is another story. But we're talking about this guy. Yeah. So I bought the building and I met with him because he had to sign the new lease. Yes. And I also found out that he was subletting, that he was subletting to, in his own apartment, Running out of room in his own apartment. Is it a one or a two bedroom? It's a one bedroom. One bedroom. So he was sleeping, I don't know, maybe on the kitchen floor. I don't know where he was <laughs> sleeping, tub? but he's, I could be. <laughs> but he was subletting to somebody else for 500 bucks a month. And the lease clearly says no subletting. And now he's not even paying the rent. Right. Social services is paying his rent. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And he's making extra money by subletting. So yeah. I found that out. And I, I had a very pleasant but pointed conversation with mm -hmm. him. I said, number one, uh, you, that's not going to happen. She has to go. Yeah. Because I don't know who she is. Yeah. I'm talking about insurance problems, mm -hmm. potential insurance problems. Mm -hmm. Number two, um, I know that from time to time you would hit up the previous owner for money for this and that. That doesn't work with me. Oh, I do right. not run the American Red Cross. <laughs> I am not, do not work a nonprofit. I work yeah. a pro-profit business. Mm -hmm. And since that conversation, I have maybe heard from him once or twice. He called me last week because his casework needed a copy of the lease. Okay. But I have not had any issues whatsoever. Great. I also got rid of his sister mm -hmm. and the middle, middle was vacant. I rented those two places out yeah. for $100 more per each. Yes. So I increased cash flow on it and now the building is performing well. Awesome. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a beautiful building. Um, yeah. And I agree with you. The area is up and coming. Um, you, you touched on a little bit since we're on this property and this story here, um, the creative financing that you accomplished on that is yes. a feat that most people never ever <laughs> even dream could be imaginable. So, I mean, I know we can get in the weeds about it, but uh, from a sort of high level and, you know, thinking about the audience and how most of them probably aren't real estate mm -hmm. investors, um, can you tell them the possibilities and, and sort of give them an idea of, of, of how uh, a real estate investor can actually uh, realize great returns by becoming creative, you know, with, well, their, with how you finance a, uh, an investment? Yeah, most inexperienced um, investors will look for their properties in the multiple listing service and they will go to a bank for financing. Traditionally. Traditionally, yeah. traditionally. But I would tell you that is not the most effective way to do it. Mm -hmm. You want off-market properties. I do a lot of marketing, you know, marketing letters, as you know. Mm -hmm. Now, this one did not come as a result of a marketing letter. It came as a result of a referral from the property manager. But in conversations with the owner, he did not want it. Period. He right. wanted out of it in the worst way possible. Yeah. So, and he had no mortgage on the property. Mm -hmm. When there is no mortgage on the property, it's like a blank canvas to a painter. Right. You, there are so many possibilities, and one of the possibilities is owner financing. Mm -hmm. 
So, uh, so, wait, you, do, yeah, so yeah. owner financing, can you explain that what that is? Really? Well, yeah, the owner yeah. becomes the bank. So yeah. instead of my going to a, a lender, uh, Bank of America will say, mm -hmm. for a loan, I say to the owner, listen, I'll give you a down payment and you will be the bank. Instead of making my payments to some institution, I'll make them to you. Now, if I gave you cash, you might put the money into a money market or a CD at 1%, 1.5%. So um, now in this particular property, that's exactly what I did. Uh, let me explain. I, normally I would say I'll pay you 5 or 6%, but this guy wanted out in the worst possible way. Right. Just take it off my back. Mm -hmm. So what I negotiated with him was... I would give them $10,000 down, which is unheard of on an investment property. If you go to a lender, they want 25% down. Right. So by giving them $10,000 down on a $110,000 purchase price, that's about 9%. Right. All right. And then he would hold paper, mm -hmm. or be the yeah. bank, yep. at 2%. So 2% in this industry, guys, is really unheard of. So how did you, did he come to you first saying, I want 10, and then you sort of went Yes, he said forth. to me, he said to me, um, I want 10% mm -hmm. interest um, uh, on a 10-year amortization, which would have made the monthly payment on. Tenable, you couldn't right. do it. Uh, you could always refinance. I said, actually, you cannot always refinance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and well, uh, not in this specific type of area. Where, right. Where it's the banks not. Don't want Plus, to, there was know. a board of the property which was this was attached to. Right. So it's not that easy to to get it uh, refinanced. Yep. Now, subsequently, that property that was next door to mine has been purchased. Mm. And I understand he's going to rehab it, which is good for me. Yep. So I said, here is what I'm willing to do. So what I did was, instead of, if you go into a, uh, an amortization calculator, mm -hmm. it will first ask you the loan amount. Right. Okay. In this case, 100000 mm -hmm. Then it will ask you for the interest rate. And then it will ask you for the term, 10 years, 15 years, 30 years, mm -hmm. and then you press go, right. and it will give you the monthly payment. Mm -hmm. What I did was I went through the back door. Mm -hmm. The loan amount is still $100,000. I put it in 2%, and I put in the payment I felt comfortable with, which would still give me a positive cash flow, mm -hmm. was seven fifty a month. Right. And it told me that at seven fifty a month at two percent, I would have the entire building paid off in twelve and a half years. Yes. And I said to him, "That's what I can do for you." Mm -hmm. And he said, "Let's do it." <laughs> what I love about it, there's a lot of things that I want to point out here. So it doesn't hurt to ask is one of them, right? Okay. My coach has a great expression. Mm -hmm. He says the answer to every question you don't ask is no. Right. Don't ask. The answer is no. Right. So, so I'm, I, I want to. I know a lot of people probably got lost during that math, but what I, the crux of that, and you can always rewind. But I, I, I feel like there's a, there's some really good you know nuggets here mm -hmm. to to really pay attention to, which is um, being creative and 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 doing your estimates and you, and if you're analyzing properties, um, work backwards and like what Rick said, figure out what you're comfortable with. And then reverse engineer that. Come up with that number that hits the sweet spot, or maybe even take 10% 10, 10 or shave mm -hmm. a little bit off so that you have some wiggle room. But then 
ask the question. So a lot of investors out there, right? And you know a lot, especially the people that are coming in and, and, mm -hmm. and they're hesitant, um, are like afraid to ask, right? They don't want to be rejected. There's the fear. There's all this stuff that holds them from, from actually Well, doing. I speak to a lot of new people, a lot of new investors, mm -hmm. and they have an expression. Well, Rick, they say that you can't get private money for less than 10%. And they say this, and they say yeah. that, and I say to them, who is they? Who is they, yeah. Who yeah. are, you know, who is they? The collective. Yeah. Right, who is they? Yeah. And the one of the expressions, I don't remember where I got it, but I just learn, I love is, those people who tell you something can't be done should get out of the way of the people who are doing it. <laughs> I love it, yeah, I love that quote. <laughs> it's so true. And, you know, there are so many ways to slice things and, and to, you know, realize, you know, a path to your goals, right? And, and one of the things is by surrounding yourself uh, with people like Rick and people who can help you uh, to realize there are things that you can do to, to sort of make it work for you, right? That's and, right. And there are options out there that you've not, you haven't read about and, and you haven't heard from people um, who are telling you that these things can't be done. So yeah, those are great stories. Um, and I, I, I want to continue this podcast at some point mm -hmm. where we could talk more about those okay. specific my stories. My pleasure, sure. Um, but um, what were some of the things I wanted to discuss as far as um, uh, do, 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 were you getting started you know, um, so what was some of the things that led you to, um, you know, become more successful as you started to gear up and sort of 10x yourself and your okay. business? I had a big why. Mm -hmm. I knew I why I wanted to do that. You have to have a why. Absolutely. It's a tough business. If you yeah. don't know why you're doing it, when, the, when you start getting rejection and they're not accepting your offers and things are going south, if you don't have a big why, you will quit. Absolutely. It is that simple. Yeah. So you got to have a big why. Mm -hmm. Then I joined about eight years ago. I joined South Jersey Investors, South Jersey Real Estate. So if you're just getting started, regardless of where you are, you should find your local REA, Real Estate Investment Association, because mm -hmm. these are people who are doing it, mm -hmm. uh, who will help you do it. Um, for mine, SJI is a nonprofit. We exist to, to educate. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're surrounding yourself with like-minded people. So that is the biggest thing because it inspires you. When you see other people doing it, you say, you can be done. And you know what? They put their pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> or if you're a woman, they put the lipstick on just the way you do. And they're not anything special except they have an, an extra special sense of perseverance and they're going to continue to do it and nothing gets in the way. Yeah. They don't say, I'm going to try. Mm -hmm. They don't say, I hope. Yeah. They say, I'm going to do it. And they set goals, written goals, and they come up with a plan to work the written goals, and they work the plan. Yeah. So I joined SJI. I got, I met my coach in 2013. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, he's going to be up here to New Jersey mm -hmm. on June 20th. Um, June 20th. You want to give him a little plug? His name's Greg. His name is Greg Pinio. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to be. He is a national coach. He's going to be, if anybody is interested in, in the New Jersey area, Wednesday night, June 20th, at a Malfi's restaurant in Lawrenceville, which I think is on Lawrenceville Pennington Road, mm -hmm. between 6 and 9 p.m. Three-hour seminar. We're going to bring in pizza, soda, coffee. Yeah. Um, it's a $10 cover just to help defray some of the cost of the pizza. 
and um, I would be there. Well, I, of course, I am going to be there. <laughs> I'm picking him up from the airport. So, uh, and he's I'm, almost everything I've learned about, especially about finance. I've mm -hmm. no question. Everything I've learned about finance, yeah, I've learned from him. Right. Right. And everything I learned about finance, I learned from him. So it, it, it's, it's, it's a great sort of structure that I was never aware of mm -hmm. um, coming from the creative space. Um, everybody sort of works in silos and everyone thinks they have the secret sauce and people don't want to share and network and mm -hmm. grow their, themselves and their, you know, the business around them mm -hmm. um, just because it's just the way it is. But um, here, I, and I love, that's why I love real estate investing. And, and, and I point that out, you know, no knock to, to real estate agents, and, but mm -hmm. they, you know, that's a very competitive space. You know, that I understand. But with the real estate investor space, it's unique because we all help each other. Everyone pretty much understands that concept that if you grow, I grow. You know, if that's you're right. successful, I'm successful. So um, it's a great way to be in life, you know, I think, not just in real estate investing. And, um, you know, that's why another reason to jump in, because you'll surround yourself with people, like you said, are doing it, can inspire you and um, can help you grow your business and, 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 and prove to you, you know, mm -hmm. that it works. Right. You know, real estate investing. And, and as a real estate agent, mm -hmm. it's a very competitive space. Yeah. And. If I have an issue and I'm call, I'm not going to call another agent from another company because mm -hmm. they're not going to help me. But if, as an investor, if I have a question or something, I could send out an email to my friends or make a phone call to someone who is more experienced at it than I, yeah. and, uh, and get an answer. Oh yeah, absolutely, within seconds. Um, so, do you have any advice uh, for people out there who want to become real estate investors, or even? First off, advice to people who are starting a business because there's a lot of similarities when when starting a real estate investment company versus it, there's a there's things that people can can take from just business building in general and then you can maybe segue that into how to get started as an investor. Well, I think the the similarities would be number one, get educated. Mm -hmm. um, if you're starting a business, I imagine you would sit down with people from the Small Business Administration because they have people who, have done, who will give you information. Yeah. Get educated. But unlike a small, a regular business where you need to be capitalized because you're going to rent a place and you need to make a loan for $200,000, it's not true in real estate investment. Yeah, you'll, you'll spend some money, yeah. but you can work your business out of your car or out of your, your, you know, the spare bedroom in your house. Or like you started, you did it on the side. I did. You know, you had a full-time job as a teacher and then you did this as a side hustle. But you've got to know why you're going to do it. And then you have to time, you have to say to yourself, this is what I want to do. My goal is to own my first building by August 15th. Here's my plan. I'm going to attend two meetings a week from South Jersey investors or your local real. I'm going to read this book. I'm going to join Bigger Pockets. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what Bigger Pockets is, Absolutely. you should be on Bigger Pockets. Essential. It is the Facebook for real estate investors. Mm -hmm. And it's free or minimal cost to have the tools. Yeah. And get educated and then um, go look for your first property. Maybe you have, well, people say, well, I don't have the money. You don't need money. You need to partner with somebody who has money yes. or know somebody who has money who will lend you the money. You don't need money. You need access to money. Right. Access to money is key. That's right. Access yeah. to money. And if the deal is right, mm -hmm. they'll come knocking on your door, but you have to let them know you're there. Yeah. Yeah. That's 
all great advice and everything that we've discussed over the past half hour backs that up, you know, um, basically deconstructed the blueprint, you know, for folks. So if you want to get in real estate investing or if you want to start a business, um, there are there are simple steps to get there. You just have to, like Rick said, read, educate yourself, network yes. and grow your network and just put it out there what your goals are. And what I've noticed in life, especially over the past uh, couple of years, is that if you put it out there, the universe comes together to make it happen That's for right. you. That's right. Um, and in order for that to happen, you have to put that energy out there. You have to let everyone know what your plans are. And you just keep putting it and pushing it and communicating. And here we are. You know, I'm with, I never would have thought, I reached out to Rick through, first I met him, and I'm sure he doesn't remember. I was, you know, some little punk kid that came up to him <laughs> at the RIA. And I said, hey, oh, nice to meet you. And you and Justin were talking, and I was on your peripheral. And then I contacted Rick um, maybe a week or two later through Bigger Pockets. Yeah, and it was probably 10.30 at night, and he instantly <laughs> responded to me. And, and I was so fearful and so unaware of what I needed to do be, to, to become an, a real estate investor. And Rick said, you know, come on board. Let's let's work together and I'll help you through that process. And that would never have happened, like you said, without the education, the networking, meeting people, mm -hmm. and then just putting it out there. If you said no, you said no, but you didn't. And here we are a year and a half later, and I've learned so much from this man. Um, you. If you want to find Rick, uh, look for him. He's he's putting out content on YouTube and Facebook uh, f through just look for uh, RLS Home Solutions and you'll find him. And also you can find him at Berkshire Hathaway Fox and Roach in Princeton Junction, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, he has an agent of how many you have? Here? 60. 60. Um, so he is crushing it here in the real estate uh, space in every aspect. Thank you. Um, so is there anything else you want to sort of share with folks before we... Don't let anybody tell you what your future should be. Absolutely. You decide what your future is, and then you surround yourself with people who are doing it, and they will inspire you. Uh, there's an expression, you become the average of the five people you hang around with mm -hmm. and the books you read. Yeah. Read good books, nothing real estate books. I just finished a book by, of biography of Ben Bradley, who was the managing editor of the Washington Post mm -hmm. during the Pentagon Papers and Watergate. Great mm -hmm. book. And now I'm reading a book, just started the book on Warren Buffett. So uh, great biographies, uh, improve your mind, surround yourself with great people, and you will rise to their level. Yeah, surround yourself with positive people who can tell you that, you know, anything can happen, you know, and, and they're constantly motivating you. To, to realize, you know, your goals. And that's great advice, Rick. I really appreciate that. And also, I'm sure the people who are listening, um, you know, will begin to understand that is a necessary component. It's critical Absolutely. to have success, to mm -hmm. surround yourself with successful people because success leaves clues. And all you have to do is follow the blueprint. And here was my blueprint. And I am just following the game plan. Mm -hmm. And um, it happens, folks. It really does. And I want to thank you, Rick, so much. Well, for thank your you. Time. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you very much. And um, let's continue. Let's do another Absolutely. one. This was, this was so much fun. Uh, my it. pleasure. Yeah. All right, buddy. See you later. Okay. That was Rick Stein 
of Berkshire Hathaway Fox and Roach, also of RLS Home Solutions. You can go to his website, I believe is rlshomesolutions.com. And in the show notes, I am going to provide all the links to his companies, his YouTube, um, even the book that he referenced as well. Um, I found the name of it, even though he didn't mention it in the show. It's called Yours in Truth by Jeff Himmelman. Um, So you'll find that in the show notes. Also, I just wanted to mention that on future episodes and upcoming guests, we will be talking to... On the next episode, I believe, will be Barbara Freund of Mop Tarts. Oh, she's so fun. You guys are going to have a treat listening to Barbara. She is such a cool person, and she's a millennial that started her own cleaning company. And she has a core of, like, I think it's two to four individuals that, you know, are friends and people that became friends as working for her. She's just you, you, you got to tune in for that one because it's so much fun. Um, so also, uh, if you are digging the show and you're a regular listener, please rate us on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate it because that just gives us more visibility, more and more listeners, means more and more guests, and I will be able to reach out to other types of guests I have in mind. Um, and, you know, it, it, it only works if we get more ratings and then they will want to be on the show. So also, you know, share with me, email me or leave a message on Anchor. Uh, What do you wanna hear? You know, what are your challenges in your business? You know, I'd be more than happy to answer any questions and I'm sure any guests that I have, I can throw it in their court too and they can answer any questions that you may have. If you have any other topics for episodes or any suggestions for future guests, please hit me up at eric at onairbrands.com. Truly appreciate that. Also, like I mentioned earlier in the show, go to Princeton Soup and Sandwich out in Palmer Square, New Jersey. And if you walk in there and you're having lunch, mention the Entrepreneur Circle and that you heard us on the show or heard about it on the show, and they will give you 10% off catering. Um, So much, so much good stuff in there. You got to go pay Lisa and her crew a visit. Food is amazing. But yeah, go on the website, princessoupandsandwich.com, and you will get 10% off of catering. So, folks, thanks again. That's it for me, the show, Rick Stein, episode nine of the Entrepreneur Circle podcast. And I will talk to you later. Hello, this is Josh McCowan, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. 
So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business. Reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com.